And here we go. Welcome into the Leadership Fan Podcast, everyone. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since Brian and I saw you. Life is life, right? We're all busy and doing the work thing. And uh, so we have a moment here today to talk about some life stuff with you. Um, I'm glad you're joining us. Uh, always appreciate the support. And we ask that you would continue to tell your friends and uh, know that we can be found on all the major platforms out there. It's the Leadership Fan Podcast, where we talk about leadership and life and everything in between. So my buddy Brian Willett is with me again today. Brian, what's up, man? Hey, good to be on here. Glad to talk to your audience. And, uh, you know, always fun to, to pick a leadership topic especially one that is, uh, you know, potentially in the news and just kind of, you know, mm -hmm. giving our thoughts on it. So I'm always excited to be on here. Yeah. I think we've been evolving a little bit with this, you know, it's, it, it's, it's hard to keep up with a, a leadership topic every week, you know, when you're doing life and whatnot, it's always fun. Brian and I were talking before, um, uh, the podcast today about people who are listening every week. And, uh, my dad is one of them. He listens every single week. And I love that. I love that he can have that connection with me. And so, Hey dad, hope you're doing well. Yeah, I love uh, it too. Hey, hey, Mr. <laughs> I'm glad you listen. <laughs> and, uh, but there's a lot of great folks that have been really, really loyal. Um, so, so Brian, today, I know you had something on your mind, and we talked a little bit before the call. Not any heavy planning here, folks. Um, certainly a topic that's in the news and in the business world, uh, really, uh, always. And uh, so, Brian, what got you thinking about this topic? Yeah, obviously, you know, the topic, you know, that comes to mind is um, – you know, I'm going to say mandatory retirement age uh, and mm. just age in general when it comes to leadership. And I'm going to try not to get too political today uh, and show, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> my biases. But, you know, the reality is, um, you know, we have a leadership problem in our country, really on both sides, with people that are in positions that have too much authority and you can see their cognitive decline every time they're on television and these are high profile leaders okay uh these are high profile uh people that have a lot of power and that represent our country okay and so that got me thinking uh and then secondly the other thing that got me thinking about uh, leadership and age and cognitive decline and all those things is I have a really good friend that lives in my building, works for one of the big four uh, accounting firms, big organization, high level job, one of the smartest guys I know, and he just was forced to retire. And I was like, well, you're retiring? You're only 60. And he said, yeah, in our company, you have to retire at 60. And I was like, well, what are you going to do? And so anyway, he's on seven or eight different boards or whatever. But anyway, I was thinking about that. And then lastly, uh, to pontificate a little bit more, if you've been to uh, on a trip here of late and been in um, an airport and have been delayed, there are a lot of reasons for that. But one of them being that uh, when uh, COVID happened, a lot of uh, pilots you know, took retirement. But then secondly, there's a mandatory requirement for pilots to retire at age 65. 
Up until mm. 2007, it was a mandatory requirement at age 60. It was changed. Obviously, they added five more years to it. But there's a lot of pilots, and you probably know people that are over 65 and 70 that could easily still be a pilot too. So anyway, all of these things mm. just have me thinking about leadership, age, and, and all of those things. Yeah, it's certainly been a hot topic because of the politics of it. And I want to get into that, but let's unpack this a little bit, you know, because as someone who has had some fairly large teams in the past, um, you know, obviously, you know, we've all understood the protected class, you know, over 40 um, male, female. Um, and, and, you know, as a younger leader back in the day, I don't know the, how much I valued um that specifically i can remember a couple of instances where i've had to make tough staff decisions on who stays and who goes and fortunately in a lot of those cases i've actually kept the older employee you know i think of a, an example that you and i both had when we were running a large team together and um, we had to make some cuts older and younger, but we retained a gentleman who was 75 years old. We've talked to, about him on this show before, um, Mr. Ken Bird, and it was one of the best things I ever did at that company um, because he meant so much culturally to the people, and he provided so much wisdom um, and experience. He was 75 years old, Brian, yeah. um, and, and you can't convince me that that guy wasn't, even though his body was shot, and I could say that because he was a dear friend, but yeah. his, his mind was sharp. Fair to say? Yeah, very sharp. I mean, uh, you know, you could debate or discuss any kind of topic or whatever, and uh, mm -hmm. he could do it with you. you know, he can recall, you know, uh, being in college. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. specific examples of, of things, you know, and, and we both pulled a lot from him. That, I, that we didn't have, neither one of us had. Uh, we didn't mm -hmm. have that wisdom. And so there was a lot of value, as you said, from having him there. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think both of us are probably a little bit torn on the topic, right? Where we yeah. said we value wisdom uh, and we want that and it's necessary for a team. Mm -hmm. uh, and... At the same time, when people are in high profile positions and have great authority, um, you know, there shouldn't be a mandatory age requirement. But, you know, what do we do? What do we do? You know, if mm -hmm. they're if they're not as um, sharp, perhaps. And again, if we just look at politics and our elected leaders on both sides. When I say both sides, Republicans and Democrats, um, you know, there's cognitive decline that we can visually see. And so anyway, one of the things I did, Joe, is I wanted to look at what does the law say? And, uh, you know, I'm not going to go. Uh, I'll just briefly cover it. But, you know, the law, with few exceptions, uh, employers covered by the Federal Age Discrimination and Employment Act. It's unlawful to discriminate against employees who are 40 or more years of age. A mandatory retirement age is a form of discrimination since it is tantamount to an involuntary termination. That is the case even where the employer has a retirement policy to which the employee agrees 
when they are hired. And I think, you know, many companies use that. They put it into their policy and procedures manual and they have the potential uh, that they could get sued. I saw where one company did get sued, but they did not change their policy. Anyway, one exception. The law allows a mandatory retirement age if the employer can show that age is a bona fide occupational qualification. Okay, so uh, generally to establish a bona fide uh, occupational qualification, the employer must demonstrate an objective safety issue with that particular uh, job, right? So because of that age, there's a safety issue. The second exception, this is where it gets a little, um, I don't know, more subjective, is the second exception applies to workers in a bona fide executive or high policy making position. This does not generally apply to every executive or vice president, but only those who have overall authority over the enterprise or a portion such as those occupying a C-suite or who lead divisions of a larger company. Furthermore, the executive or policymaker must have been in such a position for at least two years before retirement and must be entitled to receive a pension or similar retirement uh, of $44,000 per year post-retirement. Uh, so, you know, the bottom line is, is it's subjective, right? Uh, but when you say the bona fide, um, what is that? Uh, the bona fide um, occupational requirement, right? And then you start thinking about our elected leaders. Um, you know, they have a lot of authority. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, we're here in America and, you know, the USA, uh, United States of America is looked at as the, the standard bearer, right? What, what happens, you know, what did I hear yesterday, you know, when, um, I don't know, somebody was using the economy as an example, but, you know, they said something to the effect of if if America, you know, gets a sniffle, the rest of the world, you know, gets the full blown flu. Right. And so, you know, we're looked at as that beacon, that light, that, you know, that example. And, you know, the question is, is are we putting our best and brightest and our best, you know, foot forward? Yeah, it's a quandary for sure. Obviously, I think most of our minds sadly go to politics today right away. And <clears throat> full disclosure, you, you know, let's take one who's not as controversial probably these days. You take Mitch McConnell. Uh, you know, you you take a look at where he is cognitively. He's had a couple of episodes where he's literally froze at the podium. On and in, in the transparency I spoke of, I, you know, I've always been a Mitch McConnell fan. He's from the state of Kentucky. Um, I've met Mitch McConnell. And um, but here's the thing, you know, I think in the political space, what fixes all of this is term limits. Right. And and I have long said that we need term limits across the board. These people are this is another show that these people are staying too long. They have too much power and they make too much money. Um, having their pockets padded. And so I, I would certainly sign up for a, you know, I don't know, 12, 16 year term limit, whatever it looked like for senators. In this yeah. case, that guy's been there, man, I'm going to get it wrong, but he's probably been in the Senate for 30 years or more, you know? Yeah. 
um, and, and I have grave concerns about a man that's making policy for that impacts not just the United States but the world. I mean, you know, IE is, you know, he's a proponent right now, giving a lot of money to Ukraine. Well, that is a a debate we're all having right now on how to spend our tax money, right? And I need to have confidence as a citizen that you are cognitively sound and strong and can't be swayed and, you know, that you still have your way about you, right? Manipulated or whatever. Manipulated. And, and, And so I don't have confidence in that guy. And it's not personal. Mitch, if you're listening, it's not personal. But I will tell you, you know, I don't have confidence that guy can do the job of leading the Republicans in the Senate. Now, let me go ahead and open Pandora's box. You know, let's talk about um, our president. And, of course, um, the currently the top Republican candidate for president, our former president, Donald Trump. What I will try to do is keep my personal political opinions out of this. I'm not looking for trouble. But what I will say to you is I think most people that are honest, that are watching things on a consistent basis, not just clips, We'll, we'll see there's cognitive decline in President Biden, and he's done 40 years. Again, how much is en- enough or too much in the U.S. government? I don't know the answer, but I know I follow this stuff fairly closely, Brian. And without yeah. giving all the embarrassing moments and the clips, I will just say in general terms, I believe I see cognitive decline. On the other hand, and I watch a lot of it. While Donald Trump may have his moments here or there like we all would if you had a camera in your face all the time, that guy is fighting a whole lot going on in this. He's still sharp. He still has his mental uh, faculties about him in, in my view of it. Now, the problem is, is we all get clouded with our political sides that that's not where I'm at with this. I think it's pretty obvious. And so what I've done, I've done a lot of thinking about this as a lot of Americans have. Where is this an age requirement for president or is this a cognitive test? Right. I kind of think about I liken it to driving, you know, totally. you got a lot of people that can drive just fine at 80 years old. Right. But there are others that, my God, Brian, should never be on the road. Right. And and do we do a good job in the um, motor vehicle section of things where we're testing these folks to make sure we're safe and that they're safe. I don't know. What do you make of it? No, no. And, and, you know, I, I think about, again, you just, you go back to the, the, you know, the pilot example, the car example or whatever, you know, um, you know, science says as we age, right. Our ability to respond our, our, our brain shrinks, uh, you know, our ability to, to uh, analyze complex mental activities, certain brain regions, communication between neurons and all that, less blood flow, all that is happening. And so unfortunately, to some, it happens to sooner, right? And others later. Um, and, you know, there's a whole host of reasons we don't, or, you know, we don't know what those reasons are, but and so I, I think all of that has to be considered. And so I think putting in some kind of standard um, that's backed up by science, you know, that, you know, some kind of test or whatever, 
would make sense. Now, the you know detractors would say, well, then why don't everyone, regardless of age, have to take the test? Well, maybe they do. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, do I want another level of having to go and take my driver's test every year? No, I don't. But, you know, when's the last time you took a driver's test? It was what, when you were probably 16? I haven't had to take one since. How do they yep. know I can drive? <laughs> yep. Took it at Bowman Field in Louisville, Kentucky. And, yeah. Uh, I did too. You know what's interesting about that, though? I actually had a cast on my arm and took my driver's test. Oh, gosh. Still yeah. did it, huh? Yeah. Parallel parking wasn't fun. No, but I was, yeah, I was able to do it, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, look, I mean, some people, you know, will, will, will get on here and say, you, you know, they, they, you know, they always want to issue, right? You're an ageist. All right. Well, here's an example. I'll go the other way on you. A couple of years ago, my wife, uh, who she, you know, when we got married, she had a dog that she had had for 14 years prior to us getting married for 10 years. And we go into uh, one of the vets here close by and uh, we go in there and the dog is obviously in pain. You know, we have it. They run some tests or whatever. And these two young veteran vets, veterinarians come in there. I don't know their age. I'm just basing it purely off visual, Joe. And I'm basing it off visual, but I'm also now going to base it off, I think, experience. And that is, they came in and said, well, you need to put your dog down, basically. I mean, mm. you need to just put your dog down. Well, that didn't go over well with my wife, right? Not at all. And, um, you know, they basically said, your dog is in pain. What you're doing is cruel to your dog. I mean, there was zero bedside manners, right? Oh, boy. And they could care less. And that was their, you know, that was their approach. So sure enough, I took us to get a second opinion, uh, went to someone else, you know, don't know their age, but they were older. I can just, you know, again, I'm looking at it visually, uh, and totally different process. You know, the lady, you know, this particular vet, you know, treated the process totally different. She said, you know, she told me on the side, she said, your wife's not ready to, to do this yet. You know, so that experience that maybe those people didn't have that because they hadn't been around long enough, maybe, or they didn't learn it. What well, I don't know. Right. But, um, you know, I always make the joke and say, you know, if 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 I'm going under the knife, you know, I don't want necessarily baby face. You know, I want someone with a little gray around their hair, probably, you know, they they, they may have some more experience. So I know we're all over the map here on, on what. But I think that's the point. Yeah, absolutely. And and I still think I'm trying to find my way on where I stand on this, especially politically, right? Because, you know, how do you just tell someone who's, you know, in Donald Trump's case, whether you like him or not, let's pretend that you really love the guy, right? You know, but you had an age requirement here. He's given up how much of his, his life and his fortune to do this and to serve. I don't know. Um, do you tell him you can't serve after he's 75 when he's plenty sharp or do you give him a cognizant, you know, test and, and for brain function and the rest, I don't know, but I would reverse this a little bit and remind you, Brian, that, you know, to be in the presidency, you have to be 35 years old. 
But why, yeah. why did I, why did the crafters, you know, of this country and the constitution, why did they see fit to, to make it 35? Well, because they're trying to say in that case that you're, you're not um, psychologically ready for that role. You're not mature enough for that role, Wh whatever the case, you don't have enough experience for that role. Yeah. Well, yeah. why is it we don't look at it the same way on the back end? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an excellent point. You know, um, you, you know, again, I don't know what the exact statistics are, but they talk about, you know, the frontal lobe and the male brain doesn't totally mature until, mm -hmm. you know, in their twenties or something. I don't know what it is, you know, um, <laughs> well, well then doesn't this apply to brain shrinkage and the rest? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm just asking. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a there's a lot of factors at, at play here. And, um, you know, and you again, you think about the business world, you know, bringing it back into the business world, you know, again, you know, what does that look like? Um, you know, yeah. I heard a prominent attorney say that in their law firm that people over age 62, I think it was, were not allowed to be the lead on a particular big case they could be on the case but they couldn't be the lead on the case you know well, again where did that number come from i don't know have you ever seen the attorney on cable television what's his name dershowitz oh yeah he's like 90 isn't he or 80 <laughs> he's in his 80s i i could i could google it really quick for you yeah, yeah. i mean i don't know i wouldn't mind that guy being the lead on my case some i i would have trust in him I do too. Yeah. It, I, I definitely really, want him on my case. I mean, he Alan, can wrap his Alan Yeah. Uh -huh. Alan is his name. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, you can always have these back and forth. And I guess that's in anything else. You go, know, I guess you, you would say, um, you know, you got to be 18 years old to serve in the military, but I got this 16 year old beast here that finished high school early. Why can't he go serve? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's all these examples, right? Yeah. Uh, young and old. I do. I think about the workplace and here's where I'm at. It's a, it's a funny how life changes and how you evolve. You know, now that I'm into my, well into my fifties now, I, I start thinking about how I feel about being discriminated against or <laughs> I don't like it so much. Yeah. You know, I had a good buddy of mine, um, you know, who, hired me in the school business 30, almost 30 years ago. It was ridiculous to think about. He was telling me one time when he got into his early sixties, he said, Joe, it, it just, um, it all hits different now. He said, it's so much harder for me to find work. I used to have all these opportunities out in front of me, you know, and I would just climb and climb and go get another one. It was fine. And now I can't find a job to save my life. And I swear to you, I'm not dying my hair and dying my beard and all this stuff. They, they know I'm an old guy. Right. And right. I kind of shoved it aside a little bit. This was 10, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Yeah. And I talked to him this week, you know, and I realized more and more how true it is. Yeah. You know? no, I agree with you. Totally. And yet he has tons to offer. He has landed on his feet. He's doing great with a, with still with a college in his later sixties now. And, and, uh, I, I just hate to discriminate or push anybody aside because of a number, you know, today, older folks, I say older folks pull a number out 70, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
it's not the 70 of old. People are so much more youthful today. People like to say 70 is the new 60 or right. 60 is the new 50. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do you see it that way? No, it's funny. You know, my, uh, my wife went on a, uh, on a, uh, a golden girls kick. And so we were watching old, <laughs> you know, reruns of the golden girls yeah. and, uh, you know, and I remember watching that with my grandparents, by the way. And uh, oh, yeah. anyway, I enjoyed watching it. But, you know, it's a great show. Uh, and at night, when you don't want to do anything, mindless television, you know, it, it really takes you back. At least it does for me. It brings back a lot of memories. But anyway, she said that those ladies on that show, I looked at them as just old ladies, right? But... <laughs> You know, but they they were playing. They were supposed to be playing like fifty and sixty year olds, right? And okay. you know, they were they were they were retired and you know, kind of living that retired life. You know, if you remember, you know, they didn't. You know, uh, I think I think one of them was a, a a school school teacher or something, a substitute. But you know, the mm-hmm. other ones didn't work and. But my wife was telling me that and I think about the 60 year olds I'm around now, you know, many of them are, you know, still climbing and, you know, as youthful as ever. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I told a guy yesterday, he made a comment to me. I was cracking up, man. I, you know, and for the audience, if you're not watching on YouTube, it wouldn't matter. You can't see me anyway. But this guy said, you're too young to remember. And I just about died because I'm older than that guy. And here I'm going to be 53 this year. And uh, this dude was younger than me. My point is, I feel that way about myself, right? When I get to be 60, I know I, you know, I work out every day. I try to stay youthful. I try to, you know, dress the best I can. And I, you know, I just try to not be 60. You know what I mean? Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. We're yeah. all, we're all trying to run from it, aren't we? Uh, well, sure. And so what what I got to know is, did you have a favorite character from the Golden Girls? <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe it was maybe, maybe it was Betty White's character. I don't know. No, it was probably. Um, what's her name? Um, is it Estelle? Getty? Is yeah, that her? So, yeah, I don't remember the char- I just remember the character. Sophia, right? Dorothy Sophia. Blanche. Sophia. Yeah, Sophia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the mom, the mom of Dor- Dorothy's mom. She was there the best. Yeah, she was hilarious. She would make so, all the jokes about Blanche and being, uh, you know, totally. uh, yeah. It's, and what she says is is just hilarious. I mean, the, the humor in that show. Of course, then there was Blanche's voice. <laughs> just yeah. That big, that big voice. Uh, but but uh, yeah. Know- you know, I look, you know, like Sylvester Stallone, for example. I mean, I think he's got to be what seventy-five now. No, he's older than that. I think he's seventy. I think he's seventy-eight now. And that dude looks like, uh, you know, he did when he was in Rambo. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I saw, I saw where he's moving out of California too. I'm yeah, just he's moving to Florida too. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> wow, imagine that. Uh, uh, I know. Uh, what is his age? 77 years old now. 77. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but, so it just shows you that I think the point of this is, I mean, you think about the Golden Girls again, you think about Betty White. Betty White was sharp all the way till she died. She, what she died? Like 99? 
or something? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I think she was almost to a hundred. Yeah, absolutely. And so well, you know, another person, you, you know, that gets talked about a lot, um, and you see him in, you know, pretty frequently is is Warren Buffett, and you know his oh, yeah. longtime his longtime right hand man Charlie Munger, who I believe is is you know. Uh, you know, was a multi-billionaire, but doesn't get the same credit as Warren does. But that guy died, I think, when he was 96, 96 maybe he was 99 too. He just died here recently. Warren brilliant. Buffett's 93. Brilliant. Charlie Munger was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I if you look at his guy. background, you look at his background, I mean, back when the elite schools were actually elite and you, you know, you actually had to, you know, get into those schools with, you know, results and test scores and all that stuff. He did that. Left, went, did the military thing, came back, built, uh, you know, Berkshire Hathaway with uh, with Warren Buffett. But man, and you listen to that guy. They would do their yearly all hands meeting. He would up. He would sit up there and just, you know, quip after quip. I mean, the guy was just brilliant, smart. But even today, I don't know what his schedule looks like, but Warren Buffett, I mean, it, you, you take Berkshire Hathaway, you're going to put him out? He's 93. I, he's still sharp, right? Yeah, he's still sharp. Absolutely. So, I guess where I'm at on this, man, is is I am not, especially as an aging person myself, you know, now I'm not well, old, but I'm, an, but, but I'm an aging professional now, and I'm starting to change my mindset. I'm not 27 anymore, right? I, I I see the world a little different. I want anyone at an elevated age to have opportunities just like I have. Yeah. You know, I think common sense has to play a role in business with people, depending on what your service or your product is. And in politics though, I have a little bit of concern. And if you're going to have an age requirement to get in, there probably ought to be one to get out. I, I, you know, I, I, that's just kind of where I'm going with this. I, I, I don't know. But if not, if that's not the answer, then how can we gauge that this guy who's a president of the United States right now is really running the country? I, I don't yeah. know that. Right. No, I hear absolutely. rumors and I hear political BS, but what's the truth? Is he what's really running? Truth? Yeah. Now I right. hear about getting up late in the mornings and naps in the afternoons. And, I, you know, I. I don't know. I, I don't know what the truth is. I know this country has got a lot of problems. Yeah. And we need leadership. I don't care if it's the two dudes that are running right now. Maybe it's someone totally different, but we need someone that can at least manage the business. Well, and, and you know, that, you know, exudes confidence. I think that's even more mm -hmm. important, right? Because, yeah. you know, what you see and hear is probably more important than, you know, in many cases, what's going on behind the scenes. But, Mm -hmm. uh, because that is what gives you confidence, um, is how, you know, it's, it's how I see it. Um, but I will tell you my level of respect and we, you and I learned this together, uh, firsthand with Ken, but every team, in my opinion, needs to be built with diversity and I'm not talking about race. I get no. sick of hearing about that topic. Tired I, of, yeah. I, I'm talking about abilities. I'm talking about age. I'm talking about uh, personality. But we, if you want to talk about having a 
what Rush Limbaugh used to call a seasoned citizen on your staff, you know, I think it's important to have wisdom and experience. I would never discriminate because you're 65 or you're 70. If you can do the job well, Brian, I still love going to my dad's house and sitting on the couch and, and I listen to what he has to say. And, sure. you know, and, and because he has this thing called wisdom and, and just stuff stored away that I don't have. Right. No, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, there's a, um, you know, in the real estate world right now, but, you know, people I follow and, and, and listen to and things like that, you know, there's guys out there that have been through multiple cycles, right. And the people that have been through multiple cycles have to have age, right. Or they wouldn't have been through multiple cycles. Mm -hmm. They have wisdom that someone who's only been through one cycle or two cycles don't have. And mm -hmm. you have to have that, um, you know, you need that wisdom. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, you think about even in leadership training, I know something you have experience with, we talk about all the time, you know, our friend Marshall Goldsmith, who was here, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, we interviewed him at length, a uh, fellow Kentuckian. Um, I, I don't know. Marshall's pushing 80 years old, if I'm not mistaken. And yet he's number one executive coach in the world, Brian. Yeah, right. There, same thing for John Maxwell. He's still on stage. He's still writing. He's still active. He's pushing 80 years old if he's not already. Yeah. And, you know, they're sharp as they, are, you know, mm -hmm. ever were. I mean, um, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. you know, it like one of both of our faves, Zig Ziglar. I mean, I think he was doing seminars up until he was oh. – he was, still, he was yeah. still pumping that that well, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he was that water pump, right? Yeah, the water pump. Yeah. Oh my uh, goodness. But yeah, you know, I think you, you know to bring it back to what you were saying, you know, um, the the elected leaders, and, and you know, you can't blame the leaders, I guess, in, in everything. Uh, you other than they want to protect themselves, but. You know, you got to look at the people electing some of these people, too, and say, you know, what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, if 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 you see this, uh, then why would you elect the person? You know, so. Absolutely. Um, I think in the end, as I'm looking at, you know, some of the research you did, you know, I, I'm thinking about how case by case this really can be. You know, if you're thinking about a pilot, what a serious, serious thing that is. But again, do you put a young kid in the seat too? I, I don't know the, what yeah. they do, you know, um, th there's addiction, you know, you gotta, you know, we've heard about that a lot in the airline business lately, where yeah. you've got people that have a drinking problem and they're drinking on the job, flying a dang airliner. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's case by case a lot of times. And there are certain things where unfortunately age is probably going to play a role. Yeah. Now, I mean, again, you know, it, it, I think sports, you know, you look at sports and you, you watch it, you watch these athletes deteriorate, right. Mm. And you, you, you know, they talk about the, um, what do they say? The quick twitch muscles and stuff are just mm. different. Your ability to heal, after injury becomes different, you know, all of those things. And so you, you know, 
if you think about the muscles and, you know, flexibility and, you know, your, your ability to, you know, exert energy and all those things, it, it, it just changes. It's science, you know? Um, is this the same science that managed us through COVID? Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I hope it's a little more objective than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what they say about the body, whether it's sports or life, father time is undefeated, man. And, you know, so many of us try to um, outrun it. The, the reality is you're not going to. Father time oh, wins yeah. every time. Yeah. And, and genetics, right? I mean, they, they say a lot of the, you know, I always joke and say, I'm trying to outrun my genetics. And my doctor's like, well, you can't, you can, pro you know, push it out further, but you're not going to outrun it, you know? Um, so you know, that's an interesting thing. And, you know, again, if my, if my dad's listening today, he'll, he'll probably be snickering away, but you know, it's a crazy thing. You talk about genetics and getting older and the rest. And I've probably mentioned it on this podcast before, but, you know, I have a heart condition and, you know, got several heart stents from heart disease. And, you know, it's always been said to me, Joe, it's genetics, 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 it's cholesterol and high blood pressure and all of these things I've dealt with my whole adult life. But, you know, my dad's got a perfect bill of health. I mean, he's late 70s. He's got a yeah. perfect bill of health. He has no heart condition, no stents, right? Takes yeah. less medicine than I do, right? And um, I just wonder about that. Now, I know there's another side of this, you know, the mother's side too, but right. Right. Um, they didn't have a lot of that either. And, and so I just, I just sit back and I go, what is it, skip a generation? <laughs> What's the deal with this? You know? But, no, and... and you know, when you, when you talk to a doctor, a doctor will, you know, kind of, you know, look at, you know, if you're looking at what are the factors that, that play into your, your, your health, they wait, they put a lot of weight on your genetics, don't they? They, yeah. they ask, what is the history? And yeah. so, you know, it must play a role, but like you said, you know, you got your dad who's perfectly healthy. Uh, well, his parents both had health, health, you know, heart disease, rather. Okay. One died yeah. from a heart attack. One had open heart surgery. I mean, so, yeah, there was history, but it skipped him and his brothers. I just don't understand how it works, you know. Well, it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that either. You know, and I know in, in your case, there's heart disease with both your parents and, and you lost yeah. one to it. But, you know, you seem to be pretty healthy, you know, and. Yeah. You're doing all you can to outrun it. I know, I know, but <laughs> but again, you know, uh, we're all fighting this thing called age, and I, I just wonder, kind of bringing us back around to where we were. The political side drives me nuts, Brian, because everyone knows we have a problem with this, but everyone wants to hunker down and play their side of the politics, and nobody wants to lose, right? Right, and. And so what do you have? You have the good old Washington, D.C. gridlock where nothing gets done and everyone just at each other's throats. Makes yeah. me crazy. I, what say uh, you? No, I agree with you. Uh, again, you know, it looks like we're, you know, we're going to have two choices come November uh, mm -hmm. at a very, I don't know, pivotal inflection point in our country's history, I think, you know. Um, yeah. You know, and you're going to get, you're going to have two, uh, one, 
one person is over 80 and one of them's pushing 80. Um, yeah. You know, one, you can obviously see a lot of cognitive decline. If you, if, if you don't want to see that, then you're blind and, and I'm not going to argue about it with you. The other person is a billion times better. Uh, yeah. And I'm talking yeah. about Biden's cognitive decline, Trump, obviously not. And, yeah. you know, to. you're going to have a decision to make and you can make it off of your ideological, you know, uh, ideological differences or whatever. Yeah. Or whether they have a D or an R in front of their name. But I think, you know, given that that's the situation, you know, people, you know, need to make a decision based off of, you know, who do they really think is in charge of themselves and can make decisions for themselves. Well, listen, man, I mean, without doing a political show, I'm a, I'm a fiscal conservative. It's just who I am. And, um, and yet I still, and I know you agreed, I didn't want president Trump to run again. I didn't want this, uh, sure. but yet we, we have this situation. And so, yeah, ideology comes into play. I admit that, but I wish common sense would come into play sometimes too. And I know there are plenty of people that could throw that in my face right now for a lot of reasons, but I'm talking about from a cognitive, cognitive, you know, um, standpoint, you know, I see what we see with the current president and no matter what happens, they replace him or whatever. Um, something should be different than this. I think we, the people of the United States of America deserve a better performer than that for the world yeah. to see. That's just, well, I'll bring it back again to, you know, bring it back to business. My guess is a board of directors, if they saw what they saw in our current president with the CEO, right. that CEO most likely would be run. Well, you wow. know, CEO, CEOs don't re- read off of teleprompters. No, <laughs> they don't, you know, no, they, they deal with real problems and they have to find real solutions through real people and, and manage real P and L's. That, with real yeah. communication and yeah. so, so I feel, I feel yeah. frustrated by it all you know i think everyone in america could agree on this nobody is completely satisfied with any of the political conditions in our country i no. I, I can't imagine you can find anybody that would say that yeah you know they're they're just in the in the sack for them if they do but i yeah you know and uh and again the money plays a role in that a lot of times, sadly. That's why I say they should be on term limits so that they can't get so rich. They can't do so many favors for big companies and countries and the rest. Yeah. Um, good topic though today, huh? It's it's real discussion from yeah, real absolutely. guys who don't have all the answers, but we certainly are smart enough to talk about it, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, obviously we're talking about leadership and, you know, these are things you got to think about. Yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes I just, it's, it's a wish, right? But you can do that sometimes. I wish that leaders were more self-aware, more consistently. I think you've got to be able to look yourself in the mirror. I've always said this. In fact, I've talked about it in interviews with staff many, many times. When you look in the mirror what does a mirror tell you about yourself? What do you need to work on? Right. And I wish a leader could put their power aside and the political side of it or the financial side of it and say, you know, I've had enough of this. I watched my speaking my dad's been a topic today a lot. He had the good sense to know in his late fifties 
that he had had enough of it, of the corporate world. And he had saved his money and he walked away and he was doing well. There was no decline in him. He was doing well. Could have kept going, could have kept saving money. He said, I've had enough of this. I'm going to the house. And you got to respect that, that he didn't have the ego that said, oh, I got to keep doing this because of the money or the control, the power, whatever it was. Right. Yeah. He just said, I've had enough of it. And he never turned back. He stayed with his conviction. He stayed with his decision. And and I think he knew he was self-aware. Right. No. And, and, you know, you know, I know we're wrapping up here, but you know, Mm -hmm. it just takes me back to when I was younger and making the climb. And I know young leaders are going to hear this right now and it's going to go in one ear and out the other, but I wish I would have valued, um, you know, age more than I did at that time. Uh, and at the same time, I'm not there yet, but my, my hope is when I'm on the other side that I value youth enough to yes. say, and whatever the situation is enough to say, okay, it's probably time for me to go. You know, hundred percent agree with you. That's well said. Yeah. And, and, and another point, Joe, and I know this may take us down another path, but I can just tell you that my workouts are, are different now in the last two years, <laughs> In the last two years, I mean, I'm always injured. I can, I can just tell, I can, uh, like, like I used to this hundred percent every day, all out every day. Go, I mean, you know, balls to the wall. Forgive me, but it's all out every day, and I can't do it now. I mean, um, a, I'll get injured, and then b. I, I I literally don't have the energy to do it. I don't have no. the energy to do it. And I'm Thank learning to do it other ways. Yeah. You know, I notice you're still number one on that list a lot of times, but the day's going to come where you're going to have to accept not being number one all the time. You <laughs> yeah. know? But you know, and my problem is injury. And again, it's father time. It is. And sometimes it's technique and it's, you know, discipline and all those things that go into it. But, you know, I agree with you a hundred percent. And, uh, and for me, and we both have always worked out. It's funny. This is a whole nother podcast, but we have both always worked out pretty much by ourselves. I think, well, there was a time where for a couple of years there, I was with, with my son, uh, working out every single day and, he moved away and I don't have him with me now. And it, man, I find myself fighting that, that voice, man, <laughs> that don't, don't go another mile or quit or, you know, go home early or whatever, you know, and I'm fighting it. And, uh, I should tell you, I'm overcoming it most of the time, but yeah, you know, yeah. but the injuries for me is what's real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, you know, the topic we talked about last, you know, what, what Toby Keith said, don't let the old man in. Don't let the old man in. And, (laughs) and, 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 you know, I, I sometimes do, but I, I'm fighting it, man. I really am. And Hey, a guy told me yesterday that, you know, I was, you know, awfully young and, uh, he, he was younger than me. So, Anyway, I think we, we need to wrap it today and, and look forward to another conversation next week, Brian. But great discussion. Thanks, man. I appreciate you bringing it to the table. Yeah, good stuff, man. Uh, Absolutely. Everyone gets some value out of it, makes them think a little bit. So, 
Yeah, well, we're just doing life, trying to make the best of this thing as this big old world keeps spinning round and round. And I want to remind you that you've been listening to the Leadership Fan Podcast, and we can be found on all the major platforms. Uh, so so many people hear this on all these different podcasts. I listen to a ton of them myself, uh, but very few people actually go do it. Uh, give us a five ranking, a five star, like us, follow us, share us, do all that good stuff. We hope you'll come back. We're just a couple of guys talking about leadership and life in between. And so we'll look forward to talking to you again in the next week or two. Until then, go make some big ripples, folks, in your companies and more importantly, with your people. We'll see you next week.